Good morning. That was good. Good stuff. Okay, so we are looking at the minute on a series of uh, called Kingdom Worldview. And last week we were looking at culture or Christ. This week we are looking at hiddenness or transparency. So to give you a brief overview, uh, what is worldview? Well, there's this guy, well, he's not around anymore, a guy called Charles Kraft. He was a theologian. Um, and he said that worldview is our control box of reality. So it's basically exactly like the sunglasses um, or uh, our thoughts and our feelings or how we've been brought up. It's how we perceive things. Our worldview defines what we do see, what we don't see, and also to the degree that we see what we do or do not see. So it has a lot of sway over what's going on with us. So a brief example, you've got two people walking into a room of new people. The first person walks in, comes away afterwards and goes, they are really lovely. They are, th- those people are just, they are just so welcoming. That was just fantastic. The other person went, well, they're a bit mean, aren't they? Nobody talked to me. Nothing happened. It was just, just, just wasn't good. Didn't like it. Now, little did we know that the second person uh, had experienced real painful rejection, had awful circumstances that happened that really, really marked them and that, that had never been dealt with. So they walked into that environment with that present on them and in them with those glasses on. And in a sense, they were likely expecting to see that, is that somebody's going to reject me. Whether they know that they think like that or not, their worldview is that everybody rejects me. They would never say that, but that really is the fruit of what they believe or what we believe. I've been that person at times. I'm not saying anything that I haven't experienced. So we all have our own worldview and glasses that are on. We want to talk about kingdom worldview. Kingdom worldview causes us to be objective. Now, you've heard of objectivity and subjectivity. Objectivity means uh, that it is not conditional upon what we feel or think or uh, are dependent really on outside circumstances. It is something that is the same. So we talk about the Bible being objective truth. The Bible's truth doesn't change whether we don't feel it, don't believe it, don't want to believe it, don't see it. It is true. It's objective truth. Now, subjective truth is, uh, you've heard me really mock it before, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I felt that. I felt this. It's not about that. If we applied that in our jobs, I don't feel like going to work today, you would get sacked and you wouldn't get paid. But we get up and we go to work because it's objective that we've got to get up and get this thing done. So when we're talking about worldview, Uh, Kingdom worldview causes us to make that move from the place of being subjective to our own thoughts, feelings, desires, understandings, all those things, upbringings, cultural sways, political views, all of that stuff. We then yield ourselves and submit ourselves to kingdom culture and kingdom worldview, which is objective and based on the truth of the Bible. The Word of God is the only source that gives us or that has the authority to tell us what reality is. Um, Isaac, a couple of times, and Anna, you know, it's all going a bit rough. We're trying to get them out of the house, and it's just not the best circumstance. Where's your coat? Why's your coat not on? You told me you'd get your coat. Why didn't you zip up your coat? Why didn't you put your head down? Why did you forget this? What about this? And they go, this is the worst day of my life. Is it the worst day of their lives? No. I've told you before, when I'm exhausted, everything is awful. Everything is awful. Is it really awful? No. It's just how I'm feeling. So we want to make that movement from it being the worst day of our lives, this is terrible, this is all, to, okay, what's God saying about this? What's the truth about this? 
Isaiah 55 verse 8. This was in the devotional um, this week. If you're not getting that and you would like to get that, let me know and we can add you to the, um, the mailing list for that. So Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. And I've made the point that I think this is an invitation. God's not saying, I'm here. You're never going to understand that. It's come on. I do things differently from you. Come on. Come on and learn how I do this. And to support that, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. So we can know what God wants to do. So this is an invitation to think a different way. Romans 12.2 says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Transformed by how we think about things. Transformed about how we process our own lives, our own pasts, our own presence, what we understand our future to be. We are transformed by those things. So it's an invitation into that. It's all possible. And if we don't believe that that's possible, why are we not out playing golf or doing something else nice or cleaning the car or reading the Sunday Times? Why are we here? We are not about a form of godliness that denies his power. We believe that he is all-powerful and that all things are possible with him. So come on, there's a new way of doing things. So let's look at hiddenness first. Hiddenness can be defined as secret or veiled. And it can provide a counterfeit feeling of strength and security in being covered. It's a bit like sort of sweeping it under the carpet. Well, it's not there. I, I do that uh, with tidiness in the house. Uh, if I just shove it into a cupboard and zip it over, we're good. Whereas Claire would be very, very neat and puts it all together and, you know, sorts it all out. If it's just in there, then we don't need to worry about it. So hiddenness or hiding can be defined as secret or veiled. So the thoughts of no one can hurt me again if I stay hidden, if I expose myself, I will be rejected, exposed being negative and rejected being fear. The truth is that if we uncover ourselves, which is positive, it's the only way that we'll truly experience acceptance. Because most of the time we think that if they really knew me, if you really knew me, if you knew what I'm like, if you knew my stuff, There's probably parts you go, oh, that's great. There's other parts you go, oh, really? But then you do that with me and you say, well, actually, this is really me. We'll actually find that we'll go, oh, we're both a bit jacked up. We've both got our troubles. We've both got our brokenness. So the only way that we're ever really going to experience acceptance and healing is by unveiling ourselves and being honest about where we're at. It's been like this from the beginning. Let me read from Genesis 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Obviously, this is after the serpent had really convinced Eve to eat the fruit. So then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. I've just copied and pasted that twice. Apologies. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, which is a negative thing, exposed. I was naked. I was under scrutiny. So I hid. Because we have believed the lie that comes from the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of that tree, that we are under scrutiny. The presence of God causes us to have fear rise up within us and we hide. Now, he doesn't have us under scrutiny. The truth is in Romans that we are not condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So really, if in his presence you are feeling fearful because you feel like you're going to be exposed or judged, 
That's not who he is. So who are you submitting to? What lie have you believed? And God said to them, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were under scrutiny? Who told you that you're being exposed? The fruit of the trees opened their eyes to the wrong gaze. So we've got to accept that we really are, why are we feeling that we're under scrutiny? Just because you've always felt that way? No, no, no. It's not what this is about. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So let the Spirit just come and touch gently those places. If you feel that you're under the gaze of scrutiny, let me release you from that in Jesus' name. The only gaze you want to be worried about is his. He loves you. You don't need to be afraid. When you're in his presence, just let it all out. It's all right. He knows it anyway. So when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He's declaring your position to you. Okay? And the fig leaves that we have, they're never going to cover our sin. Um, as I was preparing this, you know in uh, Mark 11 where Jesus curses the fig tree because it doesn't have any fruit? Now, this is my own ponderings. What if it's because the fig tree's leaves are not going to be the thing that's going to cover our sin? He is the only one that can cover our sin. We can't stitch together anything of our own making that can pay the price for our own stuff, the stuff that we've done wrong. So let's corporately please give up. You cannot pay the price. And the best news is he already did. That's why at the end with when we're uh, drinking the wine, we are the ones, Jesus has already done it all. If you're not experiencing liberty and freedom, there is a responsibility on us to go on that journey of what it means to learn to cooperate with what he has already done. It's a bit like we have 100,000 million trillion pounds in our bank account and we're saying we're poor. You're not. You just need to learn how to access that. So we are healed and we are free. That potential is there. We just have to access that. So let's, let's do that together. I don't really want to be bound up for much longer. Does anybody else want to be in their stuff? Feel chained to that thing, struggle with that thing, have those thought processes? I'm done. I don't want it anymore. I'd rather have the, the fruit of being free. So it's only the sacrifice of a life that covers sin. And Jesus did it. And it happened once and for all. The judgment, the anger, all of that fell on Jesus Christ once. Once. It's done. It's settled. So if you find that if you've sinned, if there's problems going on, uh, and you're trying to make it all up and you're make it all okay, just give up. You need to go to the cross and you need to say, I am sorry. And I accept that I am forgiven and I am free. And even though you don't feel like it, please don't yield to your feelings. Let them catch up with the truth. I find that a lot of the times my feelings can be rebellious. So I'll come into a situation in there from 14 years ago about some circumstance. But actually if I stand on the truth and I know what God is saying and what God has said in the Bible, then I can stand and those rebellious emotions will give up. And they'll lie to you and say, oh, it's going to come back on. The soul man will likely scream, just let him. It's painful, it's difficult, it's yuck. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I wish there was another way, anybody else with me, but there's not. We just have to let ourselves die. But the glorious thing is that we die to be back, come back to life again. Those emotions that were tying you down and lying to you, eventually, when they go through the process of death, get resurrected. And then they come out the other side, and they will serve you quite wonderfully. I am an emotional guy. 
I have uh, oftentimes yielded to my emotions in the past and let them define reality. I have, in part, and I'm on the journey of learning to die to those things. What I find that is I'm still an emotional guy, but I'm an emotional guy based on the truth. So what was used really for Ellen to kind of lead me off the path? Because I said, no, you don't get to rule. He gets to rule. They then start to serve me rather than me serving them. So it can be quite wonderful. So hiddenness and hiding is a lie. As I said, the Word of God is the only source that has the authority to tell us what reality is. Let me read, now it's quite long, but let me read from Psalm 139. If you've got your Bible with you, you can, you can join me. I'm just starting at the beginning. So Psalm 139, verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from far off. You discern when I go out and when I lie down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me and too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Hebrews 4.12, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And then finally, Luke 12, 1, 2 to 3, there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops. So how's hiding going to work for you? It just doesn't. If you want to live for him, you cannot hide. Well, you can. But it's going to be like, you ever played hide and seek with a toddler or a young child? What do they do? You go hide. What do they do? Huh? They, they basically stand in the room where they were and go, why do they do that? Because they, they can't see you. And we do that with him. <laughs> He's not there. Oh, he's really not there. Oh, he's really not there. Or the other thing that drives me nuts. What is it about people when they get into a certain vintage that when they're walking across the road, they look that way and they must believe that the car disappears because they just keep walking along. Well, I have to say the reality of that car is going to make a really negative impact on their lives. The car doesn't disappear just because they think, well, that car's not there and I'm old. Has that been anybody else's experience? Yeah, you see them with their stick. There's no mission. Even if there was a five-minute window of no vehicles, that they were going to make it across that road. But because they can't see the car, I'm just... Maybe that's what happens as you get older. So the child that goes, he's not there, as an as a old person just goes, well, that car's not there. And then they go, well, the car hit me. Of course it did! So we've got to give up on all of that stuff. 
because we cannot hide. The truth is that he knows you. The truth is really that we want to be known by him as well. And when people love you, you want to tell them your stuff. If you feel safe with somebody, you're going to say, look, this is where I'm at. I really need to talk. I've also found that desperation can be very helpful in helping me uncover things. There's things that I would never uncover when I feel like this. When I'm desperate, I'll tell anybody because I'm desperate. So if you've got a bit of desperation going on in your life, that might not be a bad thing because if it drives you to go, this is where I'm at, and I guarantee you that you will find acceptance. So lift the veil. Now, of course, you've got to be appropriate. If you're going to come into small group and uncover <laughs> and go, this is my life and this is what I struggle with, it's not going to be the best environment to do that in. Because in small group, we want to spend time together, we want to talk about what's going on today, and we want to worship God and be ministered to. But you need those things dealt with. So if you need those things dealt with, please get in touch because we want to help you to mature and get to your de- destiny in God. So can we be done with hiding? And sometimes we don't even know that we're hiding. So just let the Spirit just point and go, see that thing that you do there? You're really just hiding. That thing when you go there, you're just hiding. We don't want to be about hiding. Um, We want to be about uh, being open and honest with him. The other example I was going to take was Jonah. Jonah the prophet. Let me just say that again. The prophet Jonah. God said to him, go to Nineveh and do this. And he went, nope. Does anybody see the... Does, does that get anybody else? He knew him, and he ran away, and then the sailors were going, what on earth is going on? They went, chuck me in the sea, because he knew God. And from the belly of the fish, he then said, all right, all right, all right. And then the, maybe that's the sound that the fish would make. Would a fish make that sound when it's thrown up? And so you've got, it's a story of one disobedient prophet and a big fish and a worm that did what they were told. So maybe we just need to be simple and sometimes just do what we're told. So there's, a, there's also, um, let's talk about, just very briefly, about a, a positive hiddenness. Now, a positive hiddenness is whenever God does that. There's two times uh, that I think that he does it. One is for leadership development. If you look at the life of Joseph, uh, Joseph was hidden. Do you remember when he interpreted the dream for the cupbearer and the baker? He said, uh, when you go back to the, uh, the Pharaoh's presence, please don't forget about me. And he was forgotten about. I would offer to you that that was God. God wanted him to be hidden for a time so that when he was at the right place and the right time in his character and his development, then he could raise him up to that point. Okay. Um, I had, uh, I think it was about uh, 11 years ago, I was standing in a worship service and uh, the Spirit said to me, wait now as a good wine does, slowly maturing in hiddenness. So if God's hiding you, just submit. Thing is, which is ironic, when he's hiding you, you don't want to be hidden. And whenever he wants you to be honest about where you're at, you want to hide. What's that all about? The other one is then he'll protect you. Psalm 91, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. So he'll protect you and keep you hidden for protection. So they're the only two times, but God instigates those things. The other types of hiding that we do, let's just give that all up. He's not there. God's definitely not there. My problems have disappeared because I have closed my eyes. It's a bit ridiculous. He knows us. He loves us. You're not under scrutiny. You're not under a gaze of someone who wants to tear you down and judge you. You are under the gaze of someone who loves you deeply and will confront you about your stuff because he loves you deeply because he doesn't want you to uh, have to deal with the fruit of that stuff. But he loves you. 
He's a good father. Let's talk very briefly about transparency because I'm, I'm aware of time. So the definition of transparency is the characteristic of being easy to see through. I really want to be a transparent guy. I really do. If Claire's going to ask me, what do you think of this dress? I want to say, you know, I don't think it's that great. Because if it's a really beautiful dress, I want to be able to say, you look stunning in that. And for her to know that I really mean it. I really want to work hard on being that. I, I mean, I can be far too blunt. I mean, I could do with being a wee bit more gentle sometimes. Take hard as you go, you're the pastor. What on earth? But let's be a people of transparency. We'll have to let the light in to be able to let the light out. So you've got to let him love you. If we're going to be a community known for his love, we've got to let ourselves be loved by him. So you've got to let the light of God in to be able to let the light out. We need to be transparent with God to be able to be transparent with ourselves because if you're anything like me, we don't really, really know ourselves. You don't really know what's going on. Sometimes we think it's this, sometimes we think it's that, and then we get those revelation moments when we go, oh my goodness, it's because of that. So we've got to be transparent with him, to be transparent with ourselves, to be able to be appropriately transparent with others. And we want to be able to do that. That's why in communion we give opportunity for us to go and deal with our issues. And we want you to know that we've got issues that need to be dealt with. So let's have a community where it's really, really easy to be honest with each other. If I have hurt you, please come and talk to me. Please don't let that to grow into something that it's not. And equally with everybody else, we want to have healthy community. So if there's issues, deal with them. It's all right. It's normal life. It's a process. Like everything else that's spiritual, it's not... It's a process that's going to take time. It's not going to happen immediately. Please do not subscribe to the lie of a spiritual immediacy. Because likely you've been given that lie so that you go, this is impossible, this is never going to happen. This is a process and it takes time. It takes intention. So we're going to have to make it happen. And it'll take you to stand against how you feel. So let your soul man scream. If your soul man is screaming, talk to somebody. I'm really struggling at the minute. I need your support. We're going to need each other in this journey. And above all else, John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is not just about doing something that can be very unpleasant just because we're told to do it. This is about doing it because God wants us to be free. We are deeply and dearly loved. If you want to know the character of the person that loves us, then go to 1 Corinthians thirteen forty-eight. Love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't pride, isn't rude, doesn't easily anger, keeps no record of wrongs, doesn't delight when we do evil, rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That is our God. He is not easily angered. He's really kind and gentle. He's great fun, actually. He's a lot funnier than I thought he would be. I kind of imagine that he just sits a bit depressed all the time. He's not like that at all. He deeply and dearly loves you. So let's go on this journey together. Would you guys come up? The truth is a person who is also a word. The word of God is the only source that has the authority to tell us what reality is. If you remember nothing else from today, remember that the word of God is the only source that has the authority to tell us what reality is. 1 Corinthians 13, 17 to 18, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.
And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God does not desire to expose you in any way other than to himself. But he does want you to shine. Can we stand together? So as always... Every time that um, there's a message given, we want to give opportunity for you to respond. Um, The questions that I'm about to give out are to help you to do that. But again, if it was me, I'd be up. We want to be eating whatever the Holy Spirit's serving. And today, it's the light of His presence. So let's not be scared. We're not under scrutiny. He's not going to point the finger at us and judge us. He wants to warm us with the light of His presence. So if you've been afraid of God, if you are tired of hiding, and if you want to come into the light, come and join me at the front now. We're going to worship for a time, and then the team are going to minister. So come, Holy Spirit. Increase your presence among us. Take us at your word.